Holly G with the Golf Insiders. It was a tale of two Masters tournaments. Scotty Scheffler putting the stamp on his world number one ascent, claiming his first major championship and the green jacket, along with Tiger's triumphant return. It was four days of riveting golf and three days of riveting practice rounds, something we would only see. And that's why we say Tiger moves the needle. And he was covering it moment by moment. Bob Herrick from SI.com. Great to talk to you, Bob. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was quite the week and uh, quite the unexpected occurrence, I think, with Tiger, you know, not only being there, but, but you know, being able to accomplish what he did was pretty it was pretty good, all things considered. Well, we're still buzzing about it in the golf world. Not only the media, fans, you know, this is uh, the afterglow, right? And and uh, the way, you know, Tiger uh, makes news like nobody else. Uh, but first, let's just talk about Scotty Scheffler. You know, what a champion. And, man, this guy's got game, Bob. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. He's having to fight Tiger for the attention, um, and yet uh, I would hope that winning four times, including the Masters, gets you some attention. You know, I mean, he deserves it. It's a, a remarkable feat. It's very rare that somebody wins four times this early in a year, including a major. And, uh, and the you know, tough conditions. Well, and, and you know, he, 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 he led from Friday on and was never caught. You know, that's not that easy, especially when he's been through, um, you know, the, the sort of the rigors of contending a lot here lately. Sounds like a good problem to have, but, you know, it takes it out of you. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised at all if he'd have missed the cut. That's, that's just winning a lot takes – takes a lot of you, especially if you're not used to it. Then you come to the Masters, you keep some expectations on yourself. This happens to other players all the time. You know, they win, and then the very next week they're not that great. Um, but credit to him. And, you know, it's Cam Smith, too. He didn't win, but he was up there for most of the week, at, and his last tournament was his win at the players. You know, so um, – so those guys, you know, I think they did what, what guys don't do that often, which is, which is follow-up success with even more. And, and obviously, Scotty Scheffler got the green jacket. Well, Cam Smith was my pick to win for that very reason, Bob. I, I mean, we, I, I picked him in the WGC. We watched him win here in Orlando at Bay Hill. Uh, you know, all of his victories, as we talked about, on different types of courses, different conditions. But honestly, I thought to step it up another week, the Masters. I mean, we know this is the tournament. This is the tournament, and he said it. If you did a straw poll, every player wants to win the most. Right. Yeah, no question. Um, he, uh, uh, you know, he... He managed to to do what I think is really hard too, which is he had some adversity 
and he didn't really let it bother him that much. I mean, when he hit that tee shot on 18 on Saturday, um, it was, uh, you know, that could have been a disaster. You know, like you hit it over there and, God, you know, it's a terrible drive. Last thing you want to do, all this waiting, a ruling, a drop and everything. And now you're like, God, now I'm lying two and I'm 240 yards away. And he blasts a three iron up there that was just struck about as purely as you could hit a ball. You know, and it went through the green. And then even that's not easy. He's back of the green. He's putting. He has to get that up and down for a bogey. Keeps a three-shot lead. I mean, I just thought he did so many things that were, you know, like it could have gone bad, and he and he kept riding the ship. Sun, Sunday was, was you know, Cam Smith got it close right away, and it looked like there could be some trouble there on the third hole, and what does he do? He chips in. You know, I mean, it's pretty, you know, the guy had a, had a sense of the moment, that's for sure, and... Uh, you know, I hope he keeps it going. I think it's good for golf when we have somebody that wins a lot and sort of dominates. You know, it gets us interested the next time he plays. Can he keep it going? Can somebody else take him down? So it's pretty cool. Um, you've got a great piece on SI Morning Read today uh, interviewing Tiger's caddy Joe LaCava. Share a little bit about what Joe had to say as he uh, had the front seat to this uh, four days of, of Tiger's comeback. Joe was really good and a lot of detail. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised he was able to offer that much up. I mean, you know, Joe's been sitting on the sideline too, you know. And I got the sense from him that he knew, obviously, a little bit more than the rest of us, that – you know, I think the story there is Tiger at some point in time made it his goal to get back for the Masters. Right. And it was way before we believed it right. to be true. Way before. Like it might have been in December when he played with his son Charlie in Orlando. Like he might have said to himself then, all right, I was hitting the ball well enough. I'm going to work my tail off to, to rehab and I'm going to play in the Masters. Of course, he never let on. Never, never heightened expectations, never made it a thing. And even like, you know, Joe said he thought it would be tough because he said the Genesis tournament, the Tiger hosts, um, the Hall of Fame. He goes, look, I realize it's not that big of a deal in terms of the overall scheme of things, but it's that's that much less time you can rehab. You know, when he's at the Genesis doing his hosting duties – He's just not going to be as committed to, to what he's got to get done uh, because he's got other conflicts. Yeah, that was a very you know? interesting uh, uh, detail that, he, yeah. you know, he said he's, he's sort, that he was sort of out of his routine for eight days. But for somebody under this kind of physio and rehab, that's a lot of time. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, like, none, you know, you sit there and you think, well, you know, he could get in the gym for an hour or whatever. Well... I think Tiger probably is in there doing stuff half the day. You know, like, who knows where he's at right now, but let's say whenever he gets back to it. Let's say it's next Monday. Well, you know, his job has become rehab. You know, and I, I have a sense that, you know, there's in the morning he's doing stuff, and, the, you know, after lunch he's doing stuff. 
You know, he's doing stuff later in the day, whether it's trying to strengthen the leg or if it's flexibility. There's stuff he does for his back. And, you know, if, you're, if you've got other responsibilities, it's going to take away from it. The Hall of Fame was just one day. You know, he went up and went, went back. But Joe's thought was is those things are going to be just enough to derail him because he just doesn't have much time to spare. And he knew, you know, he knew how tough it was going to be. Then you throw in Tiger... Um, you know, clearly, I think if truth be told, he, he doesn't come back for anything but the Masters, and, and even this was too soon. You know, like, he probably needs more time. You know, let's say he didn't do this at all and just came back for the PGA. You just wonder how much farther along would he be at that point. You know, now this is probably a little bit of a setback. He's got to recover and and go at it again, but there were certain things that he said that gave you some indication that he feels like, I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve this. And while it's never going to be a full schedule, I think it's a heck of a lot better than most of us thought a year ago. Yeah, and it sounded like he hadn't even really been in the gym much, Bob, in terms of working his legs, and that you know he was looking forward to doing that as he was getting stronger, which I found a really interesting comment. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and although, you know, let's be honest, his upper upper body looks like he could, he could uh, you know, choke us to death. <laughs> um, you know, he's pretty fit from the waist up. And I think that's something he's been doing all along. But it's t- in terms of, like, Whatever it is he needs to do to strengthen his leg, then that is, um, I, I agree. I'm not sure he's gotten to do all that much yet. You know, there was a big healing process that was in, that went into all this. And he has not told us all the specifics, but he has led on that there were multiple surgeries. So... And I'm taking that to mean beyond the initial surgeries after the accident. You know, he's in the hospital for like three weeks. There was clearly more than one surgery that took place during that time. Yes. So then he gets out of the hospital, he goes home, and I'm guessing he went back, whether it was out to California, which he did a couple times, or maybe locally, that there might have been more surgery. You know, and, and so what it was exactly, we don't know. Let's say something like that happened last June. Okay, well, okay, so you got to recover from that. you got to wait. You can't – you're not going to be, like, in the gym on a treadmill in a week. <laughs> so, you know, when all that began, would you know, it's – I wish Tiger would let us in on it a little bit more, you know, because I think it's fascinating, like, what he's had to go through. Um, and he tries to really keep that stuff to himself. And, you know, those around him, they only hint at what, he, what he's dealing with. So, um, uh, but all, what, whatever it may be, I think we all know it, it's, it's not been easy. I believe I even saw Tiger stop and take one more question when, you know, they were trying to hustle him off uh, from the scrum, which... I found remarkable that he actually stopped and took one more question. Yeah, that whole situation out there isn't great. I mean, you know, 
um, part of it is his agent kind of wanting to keep it tight and and the masters people like go by exactly what's said like sometimes we're told it's only going to be four questions four questions you kidding me (laughs) we have 40 you know okay so we're not going to get 40 how about 10 you know like a couple times he's up there for three and a half minutes now listen i i'm all for understanding that the guy wants to get off his feet okay well let's get him a chair let him sit down you know and it's just um but you're right. He took one more, and he and he didn't walk away from it, and that was that was big of him because it was a good answer. It was. It was. It, it, and but that that was you know that was a softer, gentler tiger, especially yeah. when you knew he was exhausted. Exactly, especially Sunday too. He was Saturday was 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 the bad luck day for Tiger. You know, cold is not his friend. He needs heat. He needs it to be 70 plus, 80s even better, because he can get he can stay loose, especially his back. But I'm guessing it's not good on the ankle either. Everything in your body tightens up when it's cold. Absolutely. And he still he still got the back issues, and I think that's what bothered him more Saturday than his leg. I, I really do. I think it impacted his putting and his chipping greatly. When his back hurts him, he doesn't quite get into the same posture. Because the more you bend over, the more it bothers them. And so I just think it's human nature. You react and you don't – he's not probably realizing it at the time, but I'm not sure that he's he's in, perf- he's in the posture he'd like to be in. It affects his stroke. The stroke might look good, but it it just – it impacts – you know, it impacts it impacts things. Um, and you could just tell. I mean, you know, Tiger, you know, 36 putts on Saturday, he hit a lot of kind of – you know, mediocre chip shots and people are like, well, isn't that the thing that he could be working on? Well, sure, but if your back's killing you, that doesn't help. And he doesn't have Augusta National Greens in his backyard. Exactly. So, you know, um, I think that was part of it. Sunday, obviously, was just a grind, and at the end, he was he was really hurting. And yet, he stood up there with a smile, and, and uh, you know, I think he was really proud of what he pulled off. So, what's, what's your gut? Uh, do you think the... Uh, PGA is out of the question. He's putting his sights on St. Andrews. I I don't think the PGA uh, is out of the question. Um, uh, you know, obviously St. Andrews, he's thrown that out there, which Joe also said was very unusual that he would do that. I mean, good for him. So to me, that becomes the ultimate goal now. And then, then he has to decide along the way, like, does does playing hurt me or hinder me going to, to try to get ready for that? And, you know, look, the PGA begins five weeks from this week. Um, that's still a good amount of time. I would think, though, that if he plays the PGA, that puts the U.S. Open sort of in iffy territory. Um People have said, well, maybe he'll come back at the memorial after that. Well, that's only two weeks after. I do not see him playing an event, taking a week off and playing an event, not this year. You know, he's got to give himself at least two weeks after a tournament, maybe three. Now, as it's as it works out, he would have that between the PJ and the U.S. Open and then between the U.S. Open and, and the Open. That can work. So the other side of it, though, is do you want to make – 
all your starts only in majors, some of the hardest tournaments to win. You know, I mean, I think this is like fascinating to kind of think this through. Let's say he wanted. Let's say he went to Hartford instead of the U.S. Open. It's the week after. Much easier walk, easier course. Then again, you know, you got to make a bunch of birdies. Is he going to be able to do that? Does he want that even? Does he care? You know, so um, it's it's the big events, and I think you know maybe next year you start looking at okay. If, he's, if, if he really can strengthen this, maybe he can add a few before the Masters. Maybe he can play Riviera in the Players' Championship and the Masters and then maybe one more before the PGA and then the U.S. Open. And, you know, I mean, maybe he can play six or seven, you know. But um, uh, right now, um, I think you take what you get and you don't, you don't overdo it. Well, I, I think the other revealing part of your story was Joe saying that he could see him winning again. And can't we all, Bob? Exactly. Now, I tried to not overplay that because because Joe was very specific. He said, look, he wouldn't be doing this. To, he's not doing this to finish 20th. And so he really likes his mindset, obviously. He also said the, the conditions need to be right. The circumstances need to be right. You know, um, it's it, it's not automatic. You know, it's not just going to absolutely – you know, I think when he came back in 2018 and we saw how well he was playing, we all kind of thought, look, he's going to win again. It's, it's, it's a matter of time. And, and sure enough, he did. This time, I'm not quite so sure that it's the same confidence level, but yet – how can you really have that after just this one time? You know, we need. He comes back at the toughest walk in golf, and has one of the most, you know, horrific, you know, weather days you could have on Saturday. I mean, the wind chill was in the upper 40s. You know, it's like 53 or 4 degrees. It never got warm. You know, that's just a bad recipe for him. So, um, you know, so that goes against him. I don't think he shoots 78 if it weren't for that. Agreed. Uh, we need to see him, in a, you know, with, with some better weather conditions, and obviously he needs, he needs a lot to go right. So breaking news on Bryson DeChambeau, who did not make the cut. We know he's been fighting injury. What's the latest? Yeah, you know, he's he's he was going to play in a long drive event this week Say uh, what? down in <laughs> down in Jupiter and the guy who runs it disclosed that he withdrew because he's having he's having hand surgery on on Thursday. Now, we don't know exactly what that entails cuz his people and Bryson himself have not said anything, but he disclosed um, you know, last month that he broke the hamate bone, hamate bone in his left hand. And if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of towards the edge of your hand, like on the like for a, you know if it's your left hand, it's on the left side, and you know you can see why that might give you some troubles if you're a right-handed golfer. Your left hand is the one that that's what braces um, the grip. Yeah, and and it, you know that's the the wrist cock, and then that's the part that hits the ground every time. You know, so every time he's swinging at the ball, that's got to hurt. You know, probably hurt a lot. And he even said, going into the Masters, he was told that, 
you know, he probably shouldn't play and he wanted to anyway, and now he's going to get this taken care of. And, you know, that's smart. I mean, easy to say now, but maybe he should have just done that back in March and, and, and gotten ready for, um, you know, the rest of the year. Because this could be like a four- to six-week thing to recover from. You know, so that kind of puts the PGA in doubt. And and then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's lost a lot of the year. I mean, he doesn't he's hardly done anything, you know. So um, kind of crazy how that's all changed like that. We're moving on this week to the RBC Heritage at one of my favorite places, Harbor Town in Hilton Head Island. Uh, five of the world's top ten in the rankings playing, Bob. They, they managed to have a pretty good field. JT's in the field, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, uh, Cam, Smith. Uh, what do you see uh, up ahead this week? Yeah, I sort of look for a guy who missed the cut last week and is a little bit annoyed about it. You know, this might be a good week for Jordan Spieth. You know, um, I like that uh, pick. He he, his putting was really bad the last two weeks, and that can't help. And it's the first time he missed a cut at the Masters, and he was incredibly annoyed by it. Um, I'm, I'm not too thrilled with all this fidgeting that seems to be going on when he's standing over the ball. Um, what I don't is think that? He, oh, that yeah, that I mean, crease swing is is ugly. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit disconcerting, but, you know, he hasn't really – I don't think he's hitting the ball poorly, really. You know, his stats look good. He didn't make anything, and that's – you know, he didn't in San Antonio either, really. So um, – but this is a good golf course for him, and, uh, you know, I got to believe that he is incredibly motivated to bounce back after that. He hated the idea of, of, not, uh, of not being there for the weekend. Uh, you know who I like, and I, I, I think he would have looked good in the green jacket. Uh, that's Shane Lowry. Ta- a tartan plaid blazer might look good on him Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Sure would. I think it would look good on a lot of people. You know, it's, um, this is a great event. You know, it's, a, it's the great reprieve after the Masters. And um, it's the totally different vibe after the tension and anxiety is kind of laid back. and you, really You've got uh, Rakeem Neiman in the field, too. Uh, Sepp Straka, who won at Honda. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be a, a great week. Now, back to the PGA Championship. Phil, sort of under the radar with all the Tiger tracking last week. Anything new on Phil's status? He's just gone dark, Bob. It's the best way to describe it. I think he's gone dark. Bryson said that, even, was asked about Phil. Phil hasn't returned his texts. Um, at least that's what he told us last week. Wow. And, um, you know, uh, Fred Ridley suggested that Phil could have played if he wanted to. There was a lot of doubt about that. A lot of people thought that he was told not to come, that, or there, there was an implied message not to come. Ridley kind of countered that. And, and he, went, he went beyond just saying, oh, no, you know. In other words, he said more than he needed to say. He said Phil contacted him in early uh, March, late February, early March, 
and said he was inclined to not play. And 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 Fred said, I'm happy to talk about this if you want. Like, in other words, he wasn't saying okay right away. And then it was a couple more weeks before it became official. So, like, there was a period in there where Phil didn't, you know, where Phil didn't make the move to pull himself out, if you believe all this stuff. So if he if he really pulled out on his own, so what's going on? Now he hasn't played for two months. Um, it's been six seven weeks since the apology, uh, the, you know that he that he issued. His PGA defense is coming up in five weeks. Is he really not going to be there for that? It's just a wild wild turn of events for a guy whose legacy should have been or should be uh, secure, and and yet it's. Uh, uh, here, here it is, sort of hanging in the balance. Yeah, it, it really is a head scratcher in in so many ways. And that leads me to the final topic, Bob, which is the release of your book coming April twenty sixth. Tiger and Phil golf's most fascinating rivalry. Uh, I know it was a, also a busy week for you, doing a lot of media rounds, if you will, with the. Uh, preview of the book. Uh, tell my listeners a little bit about about that experience and uh, how they can buy an early copy. You know, we sort of view golf as, as kind of uh, coming to life in the spring with the Masters, and that's why a lot of golf books come out in the spring, and mine is one of them, and, and obviously the big part of it is now to, to let people know it's out. And so I did a lot of publicity for the book last week because I could also talk about the Masters and what was going on with Tiger and Phil or whatever else they wanted to talk about. So it was kind of nice. It was a good opportunity to uh, to pitch the book, let people know about it. Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, project I kind of started about two years ago. And, um, you know, as I've been telling people, um, you know, I, I, the book was pretty much done at the end of the year. That's that's how these things work in terms of the timing. And I really need room for an addendum or extra chapters or whatever based on what's just happened the last couple of months. I was going to you know? say. Yeah, I mean, you know, so maybe I'll do a paperback and can add five more or something. <laughs> I don't know. But there's been a lot, you know. There's just been a lot. Phil's whole thing, Tiger coming back, you know. I referenced in the at the end of the book, I was able to get in a few quotes from Tiger, his first public public comments when he came back. And, you know, at the time, it seemed dire. You know, we, we didn't know when he was going to play again at that time. And so, you know, that's unfortunately the way this works. I wasn't able to, to uh, you know, look into the future and say, you know, he'll be playing at the Masters. Uh, but I still think the book itself really kind of goes – back into and dives into their relationship over the last 25, 30 years, all the ups and downs. I brought it to a point at the end where if it's the end, wow, this has been a great run, but I left open the door a crack for there could be more, and now here we are. It looks like maybe there could be more. Congratulations. This is you know your first book, and what timing, my friend. Uh, you, you deserve it all. Congrats. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. 
It's on Amazon right now. Somebody wants to pre-order it. I think they discounted it already, which is nice. Get that Father's Day gift early. This thing's going to sell <laughs> out. All right, Bob, thank you so much as always. Bob Herrig, SI.com. Catch all of his stories at SI.com. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you.